Hello and welcome to the Amidview podcast with myself, Mr. Stephen Povey, and my bros from other moz, J.K. Pointer, Thomas Froh, and Mr. Owen Innes. Hello. Yo. Now, since it's International Week and a very successful one for Scotland, not so much for England, Mr. Thomas. Uh, <laughs> We took the opportunity of interviewing former Livingston striker Stephen Craig, where he'll discuss his career, including his time at Livingston. We also chat about the Lionesses' fantastic win up in Bersnake. Finally, we will have a wee preview for the big game on Saturday as Livy head to Paisley pricks in their hope for a result. So sit back, relax, and take in the sweet sounds of your fave Livy content here at the Almond View Podcast. So, we are delighted to be joined by a man both born and bred in West Lothian, who played up front alongside many of Livingston's finest during his time at the club. A fine man with a powerful head, he scored 17 goals and 66 appearances for the Lions between 2006 and 2008. Please give him a homecoming welcome. It's Blackburn's finest, Mr. Stephen Craig. All right! Hey. <laughs> so... Bye. To say, my, my place of birth. Aye. Blackburn, England. You are joking. I'm like, surely Blackburn, West Lothian. <laughs> there you are. Bread, though, that's good. Uh, aye, so just like on that, actually, uh, like, when did you move to West Lothian and like, how was your footballing experiences growing up there? Um, so. I moved to West Lothian when I, when I was one year old, I think. Um, my father was playing with Blackburn Rovers at the time. Um, and that's obviously why um, I was born down south. And first of all, we moved up to Livingston, funny enough, in Deans. And then I think when I was a year, just over a year a years old, we moved to Broxburn. Um, so that was probably the majority of the, my family home and where I played most of, most of my youth football. Ah, Excellent. And uh, so how did you get from, like, obviously your time at Broxburn, uh, how did you get that, uh, you started your professional career up the road at Falkirk, like, how did that come about? Um, so uh, my path was a bit strange, actually. So my first ever, um, sort of, my starter class, really, in football was through Muriston. All right. Um, I had um, two cousins who were, one six months younger and one was a year older, um, we always do go and train at the same time. Um, so my younger cousin was a guy called David Cunningham, who's also from up Paul David. was He was on um, Newcastle's books for three years uh, when he was older. So we're from a footballing family. Um, and I stayed. I was at Murison until I was, I think I was five or six till ten. And then was poached to go through to the famous Hutches in Vale mm. when I was ten year old. And then played there for a couple of seasons. And then I came back out. Um, and I played with Whitburn for about three or four years and then returned to Hutchinson Vale at the under-15, under-16 level and that's when I basically I went into the pro game um, and my first pro team was actually Rafe Rovers, not Falkirk. All right, on. So was that... Uh, so you you were contracted with Rafe Rovers for how long were you there? There for so just over two years. Um uh, it ended kind of sour, really. Mm. Um, so a, a contractual dispute, really. Um, I don't know if you remember the year the Bosman ruling came out. Yeah. Um, and I was coming at the end of my YTS, and I was offered a pro contract, but the money and the terms just they didn't suit me at all. Um, so I had to get and I hang on, and you sign month to month contract. So I was only eighteen at the time, mm. and. If it wasn't for my dad, really, my dad went in and spoke to the owners at, Ray, at Rafe Rovers, um, who I think now now own Hamilton, and just says, look, there's, I think they wanted £25,000 £25, for me. And I went to Dungeon United and done a pre-season, and they wanted to sign me, but uh, Rafe Rovers wanted the twenty-five grand up front. Right. Um, so I was played twice in the first team, 
Um, and then this went on for about three or four months. And then I think the the main reason they let me go was that my dad was actually manager at, at um, Broxburn Juniors at the time. And, and he says, look, just, just let him go. He'll come and sign for me. Um, so they did. And I played a game and a half for Broxburn. And another Livy, about a Livy legend, Stevie Maskery, was giving my dad a hand at the juniors. And he knew Alec Tort, knew the well at Falkirk. And then, long story short, I went in for a trial and signed a three-month deal two weeks later. And then I made my debut on a Saturday against mm-hmm. Livingston. <laughs> uh, signed a three-year contract on Sunday morning. So it was a busy month. Yeah, well, that that game there you mentioned, this is going to be a common theme tonight. Eh, when we, during this interview, scoring against Livy just like happened a lot in your career. Eh, but seriously, how was that feeling scoring in your debut against the mighty Livy? Eh, September two thousand, wasn't it? It was bittersweet, really, because at the time, obviously, Livingston were dominating the leagues. Um, when we just leaving Rafe Rovers, they they just signed. Um, Alec Burns, Stevie Tosh, and I think saying somebody else. And so they they were they were flying high in Falkirk at the time was under Alec Totten with a good team, but and it was at the old Brockville Stadium, um, and it's it's, it's it was kind of like Roy the Rover stuff mm-hmm. to make your debut. Um, and we were two two 0 down at half time, um, and they managed to come back and win three two, but. Livy at that time were they, they were a, a proper outfit, obviously managed by Jim Leishman. I'm sure David A was there as well, and they had a really really good team. Mm. So, and the fact that we 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 got the they got the victory that day, but I think they I think he's won the league by I think it was about seven or eight points that that uh, that season. So, um, it was, a, it was a wonderful day personally for me. Ah, brilliant. Uh, I will move forward a wee bit in your career uh, to when Terry Butcher signed you for Motherwell. Um. Uh, and that was by that point you were like featuring and uh, I think you featured in every game uh, that season uh, that, that towards the end of that season wasn't it and um, including you pumped us 6-2 in the last game of the season which was a bloody as a fan was a dreadful game to go to despite us you know, <laughs> uh, but it was it was a weird season for you guys like uh I mean, some really good players finishing bottom, uh, but like, you know, you were spared the relegation from Falkirk, wasn't it, because of that daft uh, uh, stadium rule? But like, I talk us through that sort of spell. Just like you touched on there, that the ironic thing was, I left Falkirk and joined Motherwell, and they should have basically passed each other. Because um, Ian McCall had, had came in um, as manager at, at Falkirk, and I'd got injured pre-season. I'd, 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 I'd been suffering from a groin injury for about about a year. Um, I tried to start the pre-season and I just broke down. So when I came back into the fold, they'd signed a lot of experienced players. Owen Coyle was there, John Hughes was there, Kevin James. Um, so my chances of getting back in the team were quite slim. And then obviously Brockville's the criteria. Then you had to have a 10,000-seater a 10, stadium in place. So uh, I knew Terry Butcher from... He was uh, my youth team manager at Rafe Rovers and we just went in and trial and they were re- struggling financially which probably played into my hands and again I made my I made my debut um, for Motherwell against Dunfermline and like you said I featured in every game we actually got to the Scottish Cup semi-final as well that, that year for three of Rangers so it was it, it was bizarre because obviously from leaving Rafe Rovers and going to Falkirk it was a massive high and then basically hit hit low again when I was leaving Falkirk and then go to Motherwell, jumping up a league and getting to Scottish Cup semi final. It was it was yeah, it was even though Motherwell fans has finished bottom personally for me it was it was a great move. Yeah, absolutely. I mean top tier football's really where everyone wants to be. So it, it must have been great. And obviously you had your following season as well and probably a, a wee bit more success within the club, um, despite you actually never managed to beat Livy that season. Thought I'd just throw that in there as well. <laughs> uh, in that team, like you played alongside some well Kent Livy players like Jason Dare, Derek Adams, who I'm not a massive fan of, but we'll go uh, Toasty, uh, a bit of a legend as well. Uh, Alex Burns and uh, our favourite, like we've been desperate to get him on at some point, still unsuccessful. But uh, Gary Bolin was there as well, wasn't he? So. First of all, yeah, kind of 
if you want to talk about that sort of uh, that season as well for yourself, uh, but also if you've got a Gary Bowl and anything, just we love it. We love to hear about him. <laughs> um, this that, so that second season, um, I think that the score obviously disappointing finish in twelve, but I think Terry Butcher had done really well. Like you said, did they brought in a lot of good players, seasoned SPL players, and I used to get changed next to Bobo. Um, just a top lad and I knew Jason Dare because he was at Rafe Rovers when I was a kid um, and we just signed like like I said again it was just good experienced players and with a great changing room um, obviously we lost Faddy to Everton that year and Stephen Pearce Celtic I think six months later so we're kind of losing our our, our, our our best players but what I think Terry Butcher done Brown was he created a really good changing room um, we socialised all the time and I think we finished top six that year um, which was I think for a ma- for the budget of the club that year was a, was a massive a massive coup um, like he says I'm, I can remember I can remember actually playing Livy at um, I think it was about the fourth or fifth game of the season at um, Vale, and I think it was I think it was either 1-1 or 0-0 or, or but I remember you gave us an absolute tanking mm-hmm. um, Livy that year obviously have a really good yeah that was a good that was a one of our legendary years that uh but i no it was a, a good season for you and it was like no surprise that at the end of that um like aberdeen showed an interest as well in you and then you you, you made the move alongside derek adams uh by the way the derek adams thing for me personally was just like the season we got relegated oh he he just didn't show up for us i felt like he didn't care but anyway that's just my opinion uh sure he was great a great teammate but um yeah that season obviously wasn't probably as successful for, i don't know like talk us through it because you only managed to score the two for aberdeen and yes you bloody guessed it against us again and in, in a 2-0 loss uh, to aberdeen but um, yeah, I think you scored a penalty and then another one like a couple of minutes later. Eh? Um, so what kind of happened? That was early in the season, eh? So what happened? Like what beyond that? Um, so Abbott, I, I was fortunate because I, I, cause I had a good season with, with um, Motherwell the season before. I was playing a lot of my football wide left um, because it was like David Clarkson and Toasty up front and because Stephen Pearson had left. Terry Butcher kind of said to me, look, there's a place there for you. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and my options, my options come in January and February. I had, I, it's probably the the biggest, tran- well, the transfer window that I thought I could go here. Um, but I was really enjoying it, Motherwell. And looking back, I probably should have stayed another year. But after sitting and sitting down with a few clubs, and obviously Aberdeen, to me, are the third biggest club in Scotland. Um, Nate had a really disappointing season um, previous. A bit like a bit like Motherwell, and I just thought to myself, Do you know what? And it was, I was, I'd been told I was getting a new contract at Motherwell, but everyone else was getting sorted out. And I felt a wee bit left out, maybe a wee bit inexperienced for, 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 for myself. And I should have, I should have stayed another year. But anyway, end up signing. Um, it got released that me and Derek Adams had signed a pre-contract at the beginning of April, so we couldn't finish the season. We couldn't play in the top six games, um, and then just went to pre-season. Had a had a brown pre-season. I think I scored in every game. Um, didn't start the first game of the season against Rangers because um, we kind of went a four-five-one. But the next four games, five games, I played really well. And then just overnight, it changed. Um, for some reason, Jimmy Colwood just didn't fancy me, and I just um, I just found it really hard to get in. But I think what was going against me was that the club were doing well. Um, Darren Mackey was playing up front. They signed Noel Whelan. Uh, they brought in Pascanelli as well. Mm-hmm. So I was kind. of in a, I was about fourth or fifth in the pecking order, which was hard. Obviously, leaving leaving Motherwell and having a really good start to the season with my new club, and I just couldn't get myself back in. And, and when you're young, you, you, and inexperienced, you just want to play. And you, there's certain situations like you, I was probably trying too hard, and I was getting too mad and too angry just to try and get back in the team. But again, it's it's, it's kind of where my careers went. There's a massive high going to going to Aberdeen, and then probably for Less than two months later, it was it was good as over. I made one more appearance in the December, I think, against Cali Thistle. Um, but we drew one each, and we were really poor. And I never really got a sniff after that. And that's when uh, I had 
know, chances to go abroad, which I probably again looking back, I should have went. What was uh, what was your options uh, abroad? Who was who was looking at you at that point? I had um, Genk. Genk had came in from in the Belgian league, and um, no, sorry, tell I. Truden had came in for me, um, and were really keen for me to go over. So my dad said to me, "Look, don't knock on the head, go over." So I flew over to Belgium on a twelve-seater plane, no uh, which is an experience. And then watched the game, and then I trained. They done a listen on the Sunday, and I trained with them. And then I was supposed to play a game on the Monday night. Um, but right until kickoff, I was just sitting in the change room. Nothing happened, so they'd misprocessed my passport for the insurance they put the details through wrong so I had a five minute warm up and we played against Genk in a, in a friendly uh, and we drew two each and I scored two but it was it was bizarre like when you what we were used to like when you're warming up or getting ready for a game like the music's playing and it was hype and stuff like this it was so laid back there like I can remember in the warm up the goalie the goalie was standing in the centre circle and everybody else was standing around him and he had four balls and if he threw you the ball, you had to chip it into him. And he'd catch it and he'd throw it to someone else. Like, kind of very basic stuff. So he threw the ball to me. And I actually clipped it in with my left foot. And instead of catching it, he just let it hit his, like it hit himself. And he started, like, saying stuff to me in Flemish. Because obviously that's, like, their mixed language. I was looking at him. And then there was a, an Australian guy playing the team. And he says, he says you kicked the ball too hard. I was like, oh. wow. Okay. Bother, aye. And then the Wednesday, I trained with the first team again, and then I went to have some lunch. And I t- took my train, I went to sit down, and the two folks up and left. And I just thought, hmm, this is nah, I don't know if this is for me really. And then when I was getting, I was going to get on the train and uh, get a train to Amsterdam, and then fly back from Amsterdam there, Genk actually phoned me and says, Look, will you come and play a game? Um, You'd seen I'd played I just played against you. You need to offer me something, and then they kind of called my bluff and offered me a deal. So what I did was I said right, I need a couple of days to think about it. So I flew home, spoke to my dad, my mum, and I think my experience being at Saint Trude had kind of put me off. I was only 23, 23 mm-hmm. 24 at the time, so um, I should have went for it because you can always come back. But that's what hearsay, um, and I ended up I nearly went to Cali Thistle. Oh, in the last day of the transfer window, but uh, eventually I signed for Dundee. Yeah, that's right. I, um, I know you were different getting to Dundee, yeah, but one of those ones. Uh, and see, with the, the Dundee season, was that was that a pretty successful year? Was that how how was you for yourself personally? Sorry, personally, yeah, because I'd went from basically being a a squad player at Aberdeen, probably even a squad player. Yeah. Wasn't even making squads towards the end, and then going to Dundee had a really good start. Scored my debut, and then my second game against Breakin, I rolled my ankle, and I kind of that that injury kind of it plagued me all, all season. Um, but I kept playing through. I'd miss a couple of games and come back. But I think I think I still managed. I think I still managed eight goals or something, nine goals. Um, go to the Scottish Cup semi final again, which was remarkable. Um, that yeah. was my lowest point because we played Gretna in the semi final and. Obviously, they were in our league, and I generally thought that there's, well, I'll never have a better chance to get to the Scottish Cup final. And we went out with a whimper, really, got beat 3 0. Um, but again, at the end of that season, I was I was out of contract. Um, Alec Ray took over, and he was like, I want to keep you, but uh, I'm going over to the World Cup, I think, to do some commentary. So I just thought, oh, aye, right. I know. Right, okay, mate, I'll wait for you. I know, Pobs. I had no chance. That, uh, John Robertson phoned me. Absolutely. No, I know. Finally, we got that bloody guy who keeps scoring against us. We finally got him. <laughs> We'd obviously suffered quite an embarrassing relegation. There's no two ways about it. Uh, but um, obviously, Robbo, you're saying he he, uh, he came in for you. And like, I suppose, like, obviously, growing up in Livingston, was there some sort of, I don't know, effect? Did that play any part in your decision or... What sort of made you drew you to live? The main draw actually was Robbo himself. He was a striker. Um, he would have been the first manager that I worked under who was a forward a forward player. All my previous managers were either defenders or or midfielders. So um, 
I just thought to myself, and after speaking, Rob was really infectious, and he and he. He's, he knew he knew a lot about me, but because he was at Ross County when I was at Dundee, um, and we played them, and he and he went through the game, and I just thought, you know what, he really pays attention, and I thought that's a striker, I like that, and he gave me a three-year deal. Uh, mm-hmm. So he signed. I think he looked at putting myself and Paul Shields up front. I think that was the front two that that he, that he wanted to go with. Um, but personally, in my first season at Livy, I absolutely loved it. It wasn't a great season for the club, but uh, I. Boy, that was, was a brilliant season. Yeah, I mean, we, we started off well. Like, uh, I remember uh, the Gretna game where you scored, uh, um, and they were obviously, obviously, they'd had that uh, the success in the cup, uh, almost the almost winning that cup, and they they were just like favourites to be fair, or one of the favourites, as we should have been to be fav- uh, to be fair. Uh, but I. It was. A, it sounds like it was a good place to be. What was Robbo's aspirations for for us uh, um, at that time? I think Robbo. I think uh, it's hard to say, but he was. In a, promotion in that or relegation was never. Like, never spoke about like. It was never says like we're going. We're going up over over. Uh, over staying in this league, it was just about. We came in pre-season, and if you look, I think if you look at the team, he'd signed a lot of boys, maybe four or five boys who. I came at professional clubs like Scott Mitchell, who came for Ipswich. Um, you had Daryl, I mean, his second name. He came for Newcastle. Um, and we brought in Lee Maycomb, Stephen Tweed, with David, Dave Mackay, with mm. Snoddy and Dorns. It came back for, I think it was under 19's World Cup. And Dorns was, mm. I, I didn't recognise him when he came back. He'd, he'd sprouted a wee bit, he'd, he was just unbelievable. Um, if not, they went to Stirling Albion alone. So, if you look at our starting eleven, it was a really, really good team. And some of the performances that year were sublime. Like Graham Dorns was, mm-hmm. he was just unstoppable. Like he was the best player in the league by a country mile. Um, and that was all. Robo, I think Robo's one of his his, his best tip secrets is he, he just gives you a freedom. He plays a forward player. Um, it's a bit like Kevin Keegan. I think like just go like, just going out and shoot them, just going out and gun them. Um. And it was like he says, we got a really good start to the season, but but then we kind of huffed and puffed, and that's I think where we never really properly recovered. For that. I think we finished six or. Aye, we we were six that season. That's right. I mean, I liked that though. That how attacking we were. It was like good to watch, and uh, I mean, I suppose the same could be said. You know, going into the next season, which will uh, I'm going to pass over to Jake in a minute. Um, You'll talk about it. But, like, just some of the players you mentioned there, just final one from me. Obviously, you, you've, you mentioned Snoddy, Dorans, Murray Davidson. I was always a massive fan of him. Uh, eventually, uh, in the last game of the season, I think Lee, Lee Griffiths made an appearance. Uh, see, these, all these guys, I mean, you've kind of touched on it with Dorans, uh, but could you see the potential that these guys uh, would eventually fulfil, like? Yeah. Yeah, if it's like what you just alluding to what you said there. If you look at the amount of players that were in that in that squad who went on to have really good careers, um, Murray Davidson, he wasn't, he was, he was making squads when I was there. Um, but that the first season he hardly featured at all. I was more so under think the when the Italians came in and Mark Proctor kind of gave him a wee bit more uh, time as well. But Jones just came back for that under 19s. He was just a different animal. Some of the things. Remember we played um, Partick Thistle in the Cup? Mm-hmm. And he, the first 20 minutes, he'd done something to their fullback Simon Story, which I'll, I've never seen. A, he got the ball outside his left foot and he spun it round him, right? And he went and got to the other side. Now, I'm not talking like a three or four metre spin. I'm talking about a five or six, eight metre spin round him. Got it. Went across it, brought it back on his right foot and nutmegged him and crossed it. And I just thought to myself, like, if he was foreign or... Like, see, sometimes something happens in the pitch, it, you're, you're starstruck a wee bit. He was just... Yeah. And um, there was no surprise. I'm, to be fair, I'm surprised we kept they kept hold of him as long as they did. But And even, like, Lee Makel in there, it was just... I know Makes was, was getting on his, on his, in his uh, career, but what a, what a midfielder. Um, and obviously, that, that's the season that James McPeak announced himself as a centre-half. Yeah. I mean, I, he absolutely played... With some stars, like it was a great era. I'm going to pass you over to Jake now. Oh, hi, Jake. Hi, mate. <laughs> uh, so, 
just can continuing on with that season a wee bit. So we finished in sixth place and uh, he finished his top scorer with 10 goals, seven of which were in the league. Although, as we said before, kind of not a massive success for the club. It must have been nice to kind of put your name in history as one of the top scorers that season with us. It was nice. Um, but the, I think what the, the frustrating factor was that you when you're in the change room, you look around and you say, look, we could achieve here. And they finished sixth. It was a kind of went over a whimper a wee, a wee bit. Um, mm-hmm. And to reach double figures, I think, because I think what you, you, the, in the, the Scottish League's all the players' games. So, so it, was, mm-hmm. it was nice for that, for that, point, of, uh, that point of view. Um, but I think the major disappointment was that obviously Robbo was relieved of his duties at the end of the season so um, yep. that was the biggest disappointment and um, for going for I had quite even though we finished sixth personally I, I really enjoyed the season when then Robbo left it was, it was a kick in the teeth and we never really seen it coming when basically we were told as well that that there wouldn't be uh, there wouldn't be any changes so yeah, I'm, my next question was just kind of continuing on with that. Um, so, did you did you think that was all a bit a little bit unfair? That kind of came at a kind of a mad time with loads of managers coming in and things like that. But yeah, did you think that was pretty unfair that he got relieved? I think um, if you look at any, there is discontent, or there's there's movements, or there's a lot of yo-yoing upstairs. It always filters down on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Probably the, the the probably the March of April of that year it was it was getting like that there was wee silly things happening and you were just like I was like oh and then remember Pierce Flynn actually came in the changing room like, <laughs> just said look we need you need to stop doing this and do this and do this and I could see it and obviously Robbo's face that that wasn't wasn't something that he'd that he'd warranted that he wanted to happen and he says, Look, there'll be no changes, you've got a brilliant management team here and Robbo and Bo and um, Alec Cleland, etc. And then I think two and a half, three weeks later he was sacked. So that mm-hmm. echoed to me what how the club was going. Um and that was obviously I a lot of people won't know this, but we'll we'll get on at the end of that season how I ended up leaving. So um I it could have been Robbo wasn't far away for achieving. I think that season and introduction of a couple of players, I think we would have been genuinely contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so after that, um, kind of Mark Proctor uh, was the manager. So how kind of different was that to having Robbo? The first meeting with him, he, obviously when a new manager comes in, you, you, you do your you do your, your due diligence, don't you? You want to find out about them and. Stuff is, so you've seen that he'd nearly got the Hibs job the season before um, and he wanted to play total football he was very much a 4-3-3 man which in the Scottish leagues at that time it was kind of against the grain wasn't it because most teams were 4-4 four, four. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, yeah. he's like I see you scored 10 goals but you were the number 9 um, I, w- I need more from my striker so I knew straight away I was like oh I could be surplus the requirement here because he, he did try to bring in a, a, lot, a, lot, of, a lot of strikers um, but I start again. I started off the season really well. Um, it wasn't until the, the first game of the season that I've, that kind of cemented my place because I knew I felt he wanted to replace me, but my performances kept kept me in. And then he brought in Big Lee Matthews, um, who I got on great with. But I think Lee kind of he kind of worked my corner for me. He says, "Look, I think you need to persevere with Steph because he's he'll do really well." And then they brought in Thomas Pasia. Um, so me and him just struck it off. Um and to be fair, I think there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of noise about the two of us. Um, I know a couple of Premier League clubs were asked were asking and obviously they were waiting for the transfer window to open. And then what kinda of disrupted my season is I, I took ill. Um I felt like I had the flu. Um so I missed three days and I went back training on the Tuesday and then about 10 minutes in the train session I thought nah someone's not right here and then I was in my bed for about 10 days but in that time they brought in call wow. um, which to me I was disappointed I was like oh why why is that like me and Thomas have been Gaffer has said in the in the press that we're the best strike, strike partnership in the league etc and then for then on it was it was kind of he juggled the three of us about um, still managed to not, not, notch up a few goals but Again, it was just things that was happening upstairs, like we were hearing about, and 
methods and like tell you one story. I don't know if you've heard it, but um, Pierce Flynn came into the change room and handed everybody a sheet of paper, and he was like, "I want you to write down your starting eleven, right?" So I looked at obviously the experienced ones was Dave McKay, James McPake, myself, and Tweedy, and Colin Stewart. So I took a sheet of paper, but what I did was I just wrote down the same name 11 times. I didn't sign it. And I think a few other boys done the exact same. And what he did was is he went through a few of them and he was like, right, he goes, such and such, such and such. You're not in this team. you got you you got to understand that, why your teammates didn't want you in it. You know, the younger ones would have done it because they were put in an unfair position. And then he went and tells a story how he secured this... Um, that was it. He secured this deal and how he bluffed his way through it with this envelope that had a fake DVD in it and all this paperwork. And kept on to tell us how his attitude was um, when he played lacrosse and etc. And this is obviously, bearing in mind it was still stuck in my mind that he told us near enough eight months prior that there was no going to be any change in the management and all this was happening. And it doesn't, it's no rocket science, is it, when you hear stuff like that? and so, I'd got wind that a couple of clubs tested in me, and I had another year left of my contract. So, what what happened is, at the start of that season, we'd went in, right, and obviously experienced players going in. So, me, Dave, and James had went in to try and discuss the bonus system. Mm-hmm. What I had to do was no pay as a bean in bonuses, unless we won the league. Right? So, our argument is, right, but fair enough, but say for argument's sake, you're winning the league, the last game of the season you get picked there should have, and because some of the wages that were the boys were on like a £50 or a £75 win bonus would have been another third to their wages and we were saying to them like you must always incent- like, incentivize players you know, we know we weren't asking for hundreds of quids you're asking for say £50 a point or £25 a point and there was no movement for it so Again, it was just a combination of loads of things. So, I mm-hmm. contract, and I went and seen Vivian Kyles, and I says, "Look, Vivian, I know the club's struggling. So, what I'll do is, if you tear up the last year of my contract, I'll sign another contract in the summer. Right? Thinking she's probably got to me. I think we're daft, blah blah. Anyway, they agreed to it. So they tore up my last night right. and says, right. We'll, we'll sit down after the last game of the season but as soon as I agreed to it I started speaking to the clubs that I knew wanted me um, and then obviously Derek Adams was manager at um, Ross County and he was, he's, he'd been at me for a wee while and um, Carlisle were obviously interested in me and I was like oh what, what do I do etc etc et so and then I ended up going to Ross County but I ended up going to Ross County because they are a business decision made by which is I think was was, was mental yeah, I mean, to be honest, my next questions were just going into that. So, yeah, thanks for explaining. So, I'll I'll actually just pass over to uh, over to Owen, who's going to finish it off. But yeah, cheers for that, Steph. That was brilliant. As well, hi, Owen. Um, hi. So it's it's safe to say it was a great move uh, moving to uh, the first division with uh, Ross County. Uh, was it disappointing though that you never got to experience the SPL with Ross County, or did you not care because you ended up back up with Partick the the following year anyway? Um. Again, it's to go back to what I said originally. My career, my career is all—it's been fairly like a lot of lows, but ex- extensive highs. I know some people can like a, a lot of plateau. My career was very up and down. Um, mm. I thoroughly enjoyed my four years up at Ross County. Um, obviously, I think a promotion, Scottish Cup final, two Challenge Cups. Um, probably most my, my most successful stint at a club, my longest stint. But. Mm. Obviously, it was slightly disappointing when what happened at the start of the season that we had went up. I started off the season uh, really, really well, um, and the do, 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 I got sent off. Funny enough, against Livingston, and I got a, a nine-game ban. Oh. So basically, what happened was that uh, there was an incident in the game. Uh, one of the players threw the ball to me and at the last minute I took a step back and I went like that and I can't remember who it was but ran into my shoulder. The referees went like that, ah, red card. So I've walked over the linesman, I says, linesman, blah, 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 blah. 
and he's he shoved me like this. So obviously everybody's kicked off, got in the change room after the game. Uh, he's called me in, in, in his office with the police, the our chief exec, George Adams, and it was somebody else, somebody from Livingston was there. Just saying, to let you know that I am sending you off again for foul and abusive language. But all time, I thought to myself, well, I know, not, I've not, I know I've not done anything. You shoved me. I did. I probably think I tell me F off or something like that. Hmm. The frustrating thing is we were playing Celtic on the Tuesday in the Cup, so I knew that we had card. And I knew if they, if you, what do you call it, if you um, appeal it, right? So the next thing is, the following Thursday, Derek Adams says to me, he goes, eh, you're not going to believe this. And I was like, what? He says, they gave you an eight-game ban. And I was like, what for? So I read the report, absolute nonsense. So I DVD footage of me no raising my hands. You can see me saying the F word. You can see the referee pushing me. I had three witnesses in the referee's room saying so when he's told me that I'm getting sent off again, I never, I never said nothing. I just says, "You've just," I says, "You've let me down because you've cost me a place. You cost, you cost me a game against Celtic on the Tuesday. I never used foul and abusive language, and they gave me a nine-game ban." But in retrospect, I found out later on why. So there was obviously disgruntles between the league and Ross County. Uh, I was the kind of well, take that. Um, by the way, I was offered fortunes from like a right few thousand pounds for, for newspapers to to tell my story, um, and I nearly did. But uh, just after speaking, this about two years later, I just speaking to mum and dad about it. I was just like, "What's the point? I can't change nothing." Um, so I sat out, I sat out my eight, eight or nine game ban, and my first game back was against Livingston at Amonville. <laughs> That's insane. That is absolutely insane. But with that, on, it took my place and him and Michael Garden struck up a really good uh, partnership and we went 35, ended up going 40, 43 games unbeaten into the Premier League season but that, we lost the first game of the season 6-0, no, 5-1 against Hamilton and then we didn't lose the game for the end of the season. And I, I was involved in every game but I wasn't starting and then when they got promoted it was the exact same. I just wanted to play. Um, but again, I wanted another stab at the Premier League. And then Jackie, Jackie McNamara just phoned me one day and I thought, you know what, I'll chance to back down the road. And I uh, really, really loved my time at, at Partick Thistle. But after eight months, uh, Archie had different ideas. He wanted to bring in Beardy, um, which I, again, I was unfounded for because I think I scored, what did I score? I think I scored about nine or 10, maybe 11 goals, I think. When I was when I was at Partick, and from me, and really helped help the cause getting promoted at the end of the season, just to say, look, thanks, but no thanks. It was it was strange, but then one door closed and another opens, and that's when I got my chance to go down south. I know this is a this is all good stuff. This, um, so kind of just kind of at the end of your playing career, uh, you spent quite a lot of time, obviously, coaching youths around. Local West Lothian clubs, Broxburn, and Armadale, Bathgate, and uh, Hutchie, uh, Hutchie Vale girls team. Um, can you tell us about how you got back into giving to the community and gaining experience that's helped you out into your uh, coaching career? Well, I was actually coaching when I was at primary school. So I used to, um, sorry, when I was at secondary school, I used to go and take the girls for football on a Friday afternoon. So, and obviously my dad went into coaching and management. So it was a, it was kind of, I don't want to say in my blood, but. I kind of always enjoyed it. I was always, even for young age, I'd always watch games and um, analyse how they played and I was I was kind of fascinated by formations. Like, I love watching European games and thinking, why, why are they doing this? And so when I came to the end of my career, I was, mentally I was done, physically I wasn't. So, but I remember Terry Butcher sent me when I was at Motherwell, he wasn't speaking to me, but I was here having a conversation. I think he was saying to one of the experienced players, was like, be done with the game before it's done with you. And I understood what he meant. So I could probably still played another three or four years, but mentally I was finished. I'd had enough. And just the next progression was coaching. And a friend that I used to play in the, with my county teams with, the West Lothian County teams, he'd stacked up the business. Um, and he just says, look, do you want to come on board? And 
I was I'd went down south. I was still playing at the time. I was playing the conference with uh, Worcester, and I kind of set up down there, but I wasn't enjoying it. It was it was a shambles, really. Um, I was getting paid ridiculous money for like, basically training an hour and a half a week and traveling back and forth from Manchester to Birmingham, and and then the the chance came up to take over kind of sort of West Lowe in the Edinburgh region, and I kind of jumped at it with both hands and. The business has just went for strength to strength. We've got Danny Lennon works for us, Alan Maybury, Dave McKay works for us, um, Reese McCabe works for us, so Scott McDonald works for us in Australia. So it's just um, you see, there's, there's so much opportunities out there for kids compared to what we were. There was there was not there's no such thing as a one to one when I was growing up. Uh, now you've got you've got tactical sessions, you've got uh, analysis sessions, you've got high performance sessions, and it's just um, it's it's just great to to see that you can you can change a kid's uh, you can change a kid's um, mood in especially five five ten seconds just by putting on a session for them and again it's it's challenging and um, again the Levy teams kind of struck me all through my life because I'm assistant manager at Galley Ferradine with another another ex Levy line the Mad Martin Jimmy Scott so I it's just it's I I I love it I love it my partner she's I'm not sure she feels the same because I'm out to all hours um, all, all night, um, six days a week. But it's just um, put something back in. There's massive community clubs in West Lovin, like you just alluded to there. So it's just back, and you never know. You never know where it'll go. I definitely. I because you also played with um, Jimmy at Ross County yeah. as well, didn't you? <laughs> uh. So the bizarre, the bizarre thing was I was up at Dundee United's Academy for two and a half years and it was I was really, really enjoying it. But uh, I got offered a new role to be the striker coach in the academy to lead it. And I thought that's what I really what I really want to do. But the geographically and the financially it didn't work. Um because my business was I was bursting at the seams and I was taking nights off to go up to Dundee and it just didn't work and it was, and I was gutted because it's what I really wanted to do, but I bought my business up that much and I thought nah so I kind of stepped away I left there last Christmas and me and my, my girlfriend we were actually down in Oxford for a break for our birthdays in February and then I just saw because I've got Jim, I had Jimmy saved in my phone as uh, my Jimmy and I just saw like is Scott Boyd actually text me saying Jimmy's going to get in contact with you and I was like oh no that's, that's good being in and I, I, I knew he was playing lower leagues but I didn't know where he was and then he just phoned me and it was just like it was like, is this Jimmy Scott? Like he was talking, like talking about like I've just took over at Gala Ferry Dean, and we've got this, we've got that, because obviously your change room at Ross County was mental, like mad, like that's that's been safe. Like you can't kind of take you, you couldn't you couldn't go the next week to show and tell us what happened in that change in that changing room. So, um, just to just to hook up with him again, and it's you know I love my bits, and we've just um, it's been a. It's been a really interesting eight months, and yeah, just to get to to work with somebody. But I think where we're really, really good is that Jimmy has he sees now he's like how he let managers down when he was young. I I see the exact same. Uh, obviously, both had big moves to Hibs and Aberdeen, and it didn't work out for us. But we know why, and it was probably partly down to ourselves, our behaviour, or our attitude at the time. And it's it's just um, it's just like I say, I'm. Putting something back into it that obviously it's, it's semi pro football and it's been it's been a brilliant journey in the last two weeks as the clubs as you probably you probably heard the uh, star striker has has been the first to come out which is um everybody's asked me how do you feel about it I'm just relieved for the kid to be to be brutally honest with you because he's a smashing lad and I just hope that all the positivity and, and mental wise he he can he can stay where he is. Um, because it's, it's a brave move for him, um, and obviously he's he's took plenty of stick. He was on the the Lorraine Kelly show on Tuesday, and I think he stole his stole his he stole his granddad's suit stuff like this. But ah, it's just getting back to the original question. It's just been I thoroughly enjoy it. I've got the best of both worlds. I've got where I take I take I've got classes at two and a half three and a half year olds, and I've got the Gala Ferradine main here. So I'm covering all bridges, and it's keeping me busy. I. Ah, uh, good stuff. Um, I, I th- this wasn't one of the original questions, but I think uh, I think we all kind of know how mad Jimmy 
is um because i've i've got a wee story that i don't think i've told on this podcast yet but i remember going to the 2004 league cup final um on one of the supporters buses and jimmy was he must have been i mean i was 13 at the time so he must he must have been maybe maybe the same age as me and he had the whole bus in absolute just like mental riot um before the game um, so because you're saying there's a few stories about Jimmy, obviously, I mean, you can make it as X-rated as you want on the Ammon View podcast. We don't care. Um, but, uh, there, there must be a couple of cracking, uh, Jimmy Scott stories out there, well, uh, that you may wish to share. Well, there's been a few, I can tell you. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think he, obviously when Jimmy was coming through at Livingston, like him and Alan Walker were, were the kind of the standouts at the time. And we speak about this all the time. He was training with the first team and um, you had other people obviously like Richie Britton in that uh, in the team at the time and he was saying like when you train with the first team all you like to do is make an impression like and lay one on them and Jimmy says like uh, I'll quote him all I wanted to do was just go about and smash fuck at the first team that's what he said like that's, that's what I wanted to do and I think Paul Lambert took a right shine to Alan and, and Jimmy and like there was I remember one of the stories that's dead clean like there were I think the two of them were, I think Jimmy and Alan were pushing the hamper into the bus for our away game. And Paul Lambert went, eh, is, that, is that you pushing my money into the bus guys? Eh? And Jimmy went, well, you can't be that rich because your gear's fucking terrible. So you can stuff like that. So. <laughs> um, but I just, we'd be sitting having lunch at Ross County, right? And Jimmy would burst through the lounge and he would like break into song that like he was Derek Adams, and obviously, obviously, Dell doesn't swear. He's like he's very prim and proper, and he was he was starting a team top. And we're sitting there eating, eating like dipping our bread into soups, and I was like, "Hey, use your flipping bandits. That's not good enough." Dick <laughs> Pines like, "Ah, you, ah, you, dad, ah, you give me more money to get rid of these jokers and all this." Like, he was just just mental. The change room had up there was mad. And then obviously the famous one when uh, he beat Celtic in the semi final and he gave a shout out to his Doug Bobo. Live on uh, live on BBC. He's like, You gonna enjoy the celebrations? And Jimmy went, I love my Doug, I love Bobo. <laughs> oh, legend, man. As mad as a hatter. As mad <laughs> as a hatter. Um, love that so much. Yeah. Um, so just just one kind of last final little question about uh, obviously what's your aspirations for the season with Gala and for yourself uh, in the future as well where do, where do you see yourself going in the game uh, in the future um, well good question um, the reason we enjoy Gala is because we've only got one remit and that's to play football uh, John Collins is the ambassador at the club um, and the only thing that they tell us to do is play football which is kind of echoes mine and Jimmy's thoughts um, we've got so many factors working against us. Our budget's probably the is fact the budget's the lowest in the league. Geographically, it's no great, but that's that's the challenge, and we, we wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, we had a great start to season, but we're no win in five. We've, we had a game the night actually, a game the now, but obviously I can't make it because the coaching commitment. So we're playing great now. Um, so we're looking to kind of to pick back up um, where I want to be. It's, I'm no too interested about being a manager. If that's, if that's, um, be honest with you, I'm, I'm, um, I think my my playing career is, is my tanks dry with bullshit and politics. So I just, I just really enjoy coaching. I would love to be somebody's number two. I would love to go and work under somebody who's really achieved as a manager. Um, I've got a strong aspiration to go and work abroad as well. But like I say, the business is going great. That's my main focus now. That with Galan. Just really enjoying myself. It's good. That's um, always keep my eye on a lot, a lot of mixed, mixed teams, and it's it's nice to see. That. We're actually at the Levy Reserve game the other day there because we're we're trying to sign a couple of players. Um, but it was just nice to see. Obviously, I know. I think we've actually got one in loan. Uh, got it over the line this morning. So it's just nice to see that the the club itself is doing what it's doing because. If it's done right from top to bottom, the club could smash it because the catchment areas. Yeah, folk, people would rather go to Livingston than Hearts Hub Rangers Celtic because the chances of them getting in the first team. So I think it's it's it's, 
it's imperative that I know they've brought back the youth system recently, but it's imperative they get it right because uh, they could really, really, really reap the benefits because it's proven that their system, the youth system, going back maybe 15, 15 years onwards, worked. Um, and once, you, once they've, they've created that culture of bleeding, of bleeding youth, I know they've got to do it through harder times, but if they could just just polish up on a few things and just get that youth system right, get get getting the right people, then um, definitely a bright future for the club. Aye, yeah. brilliant. And uh, just one other wee thing, I just wanted to say, if you want to give a wee um, a wee sort of um, information about your uh, about your coaching company and stuff like that, or your your business and stuff, and um, maybe it'll uh, I, I don't know inspire people to get in touch with you. So most people in West Lowland have probably heard of us. We're called Planet Soccer. Um, you'll find us on Facebook, Planet Soccer UK, or Instagram at, at Planet Soccer underscore SME. So we're obviously we're a coaching company, but we, we cover so, so many bases and we've got probably the most decorated coaches in Scotland working for us. Um, we do everything from not just sessions to mini baller sessions to adult elite sessions. Um, and as you can see, three of our coaches are, one's uh, two of them are are outright managers and one's an assistant manager so um, the kids are in good hands and I think where we're as a business that I think qualification wise no many we never get any problems with parents because they don't question our knowledge and stuff like this and our prices um, we're very very we try and keep it as reasonable as we can because obviously they understand the predicament that the, that the country's in just now so and we just want every obviously as, as many kids as possible to have the opportunity to play football Okay, Sunday saw the Lionesses travel up to Inverness for the first time and uh, a hard won a hard-fought 3-2 victory. Goal scorers were Mason, Dodds and Hendry. So, Thomas, I know we, we didn't get our uh, extra content um, as much this week, but just kind of going off the back from what Rebecca was saying, incredible result. I, I was kind of following it on Twitter and I saw that, you know, it was two each. And so it was it was quite a last-minute goal, wasn't it? Yeah, um, so it started kind of really well. Um, Livy looked really, really comfortable uh, for the first, let's say, 20-odd minutes. Obviously, about 10 minutes in, got the first goal. Another unbelievable finish by Gemma Mason. Um, great goal, assisted by Rebecca as well, which I don't think you can claim much of an assist when it's a pass about 30 yards out, but hey-ho. Um, <laughs> she'll it. take it, she says. She'll take it. She's not complaining. Um, but yeah, then kind of Inverness managed to get themselves into the game a little bit. I think they... They raised their levels um, and they had one chance, uh, really good save from Charlotte and goal. And I think that gave them a bit of belief in Vaness and that brought them right back into the game. And you could kind of see a few things that were struggling. Livy were really struggling for numbers at the weekend with a few injuries, a few people away. Um, so it was a bit of a makeshift back three. You could kind of see that a little bit, but not. Like it was fine, but there was just maybe a bit of pace out wide for Inverness, which they kind of exploited quite well. Um, mm. With the third, uh, the second goal, sorry, especially um, got in behind on the left hand side and kind of a really good finish past the keeper to to make it two one. The the first goal for Inverness, it was um, the the wind was blowing and it was a corner right on top of the keeper. So it's one of those ones. It's never easy, never fun. Um, mm. But yeah, it was one of those things. But at half time, it was it was tough tough to take because uh, Lovey had looked so good first 20, 25 minutes. Looked really, really strong. I couldn't see how Inverness were going to hurt them. Um, but as I said, Inverness really grew into the game. Um, quite impressive, really, uh, from them. Hmm. I saw Jane Dodds uh, was player of the match as well, which is good. Um, so did you, did you, would you think her, her, what was kind of so good about her performance that was kind of worth the, the merit of that? So I think it was especially our second half performance. Um, mm -hmm. I think in the first half, it was Ash and Jen up front and they were kind of doing almost a similar job to each other. They were both mm -hmm. looking back to goal and what the game was crying out for when Livy were kind of pushing forward, um, especially after the equaliser, was someone to just make a run in behind. Mm -hmm. And with Ash going off in the second half, Jen kind of took the mantle up on herself and she had some really good touches and started getting him behind a few times um, and you know great pass for Shannon uh, to play her in and a really good finish for our goal as well so it was just uh, 
yeah, I think she adapted well throughout the game against mm. a tough defence because they were strong, a strong team, let's say, really strong team. Um, but she she was able to kind of adapt it and, yeah, I think deserving of the man of the match. I think she had a good game. Nice. Povey, you had a question, I think. So on the back of uh, that great result, what does it mean going forward? How is is it? Obviously, it's positive, but uh, and a bit different to last year, I would say the way we've started. But what do you think going forward? Yeah, I think I think Paul's highlighted it a lot. The mentality is a lot better this year. Um, they're kind of digging themselves out and getting results when they need to, which is definitely a difference from last season. Results kind of went away at the weekend as well, which is which is good. Um, with uh, Rossville getting beat by Renfrew, uh, so Olivia beat Renfrew already, nice. which put, and it therefore puts Livingston up to second in the table behind um, Renfrew. So I think it's a good position to be in when you beat the team that's above you. Uh, they've got a few points to make up. Um, they need to make up for that dry bra uh, draw at the start of the season. Um, but it's it's such a strong league. It's really tough. Uh, but they're in a great position, a really, really good position because, you know, second in the league, confidence is kind of high, after, especially after that result of the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's great. Um, in a good position, I think. So on Saturday, the Levy Lions make their fairly long trip through to Paisley against those Paisley Panda Pricks St Mirren. Um, lads, Last game was absolutely brilliant. We've had a bit of a break. Do you think we're going to continue the form or potential because we've had a bit of time off that the momentum will slow a wee bit? Povey, what's your thoughts? Uh, I think, well, uh, consistency hasn't been a problem for us this season performance-wise, so I'm not Mm. worried about that. I think we'll show up. I think it's more like how St Mirren will do, to be honest. If they're going to, like, they displayed obviously uh, some performance just before the break as well. Uh, I would just argue that we've been more consistent. So, uh, mm. I mean, can they really keep that up? They beat Celtic 2 0. Damn good performance they put in. Uh, but I think it's got the makings of a really good tie. And I really hope that plenty of Livy fans are there, actually. Like, I feel like the team deserve a, a good week away support for this one. How it all going saying that the bloody trains are on strike, so who knows? Um, but um, yeah, I think there's every chance that uh, like we can we can win it. Mm-hmm. I think real realistically, I'd be well chuffed with a draw. Uh, but I ju- it's got the makings of a quality game. I think be a nil nil shiter now, won't it? But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but Denzel, I was thinking about like the the. The way so we, the way we played, you know, we were, you know, playing against a Kelly side that we were playing kind of almost more attacking football and kind of football we want to play. So Mirren were playing ten men at the back and hoping for a counter attack, mostly defended and then took their two chances. It's going to be such a different game against Livy. Like so, even though you know we can kind of compare in their performance to that, it's going to be so different for them. They're going to set up so differently, but I think we will still set up the same. As in, I think our team will be the same, and I think the st- our style of play will be the same. So, almost think that stands in our favour. Owen, what do you kind of think? Do you think you know we're going to go there and get a result? St Mirren. Any time I see St Mirren coming up on the fixture list, it's one of those total like it's a it's an unknown. Yeah. Do you know it's an unknown like like. We we consistently put in decent performances against St Mirren and come away with nothing. We've played shite and come out with you know a decent result. Um, they certainly now seem to be starting to click as a team. I think if we'd played them within the first kind of two or three weeks of the season, like the first two or three games, I reckon I would have been quite um, quite confident of a win. Whereas now I'm sort of like, you know, they, they are a total up and down team. Um, so it's like, who knows, man? Who knows? Um, and uh, it's just, it's one of those type of scenarios where we could, again, go there and get a draw. And I would probably be incredibly, incredibly happy about it. Um, mm. I mean, as soon as you started talking about the game, I, was, I, I immediately thought 2-2. 
you know, a two two a two two game would actually be, you know, as Bobby said, it would be an exciting game, end to end stuff. They're not going to play ten behind the ball against us. They're just not going to do it. It just depends on what our lineup's going to look like, because of course, you know, we've been using this last couple of weeks with the with the international break to try and get some other players back. Penners might be coming back into the side. Um, we'd hope that Bruce might be making a wee appearance uh, in there. You know, is Gonzalez going to start? Is uh, Nubly going to play on the wing? Is he going to play up front? Is Guthrie fit after getting in? Uh, you know, that, that little niggle injury. So it's like, you know, there's there's a lot of unknowns until really I see the lineup on Saturday and go, hmm, okay, that's, that's what we're going with. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what we're going to be looking at. So um, obviously... As a Livy fan, I want to see us win every game. Um, but I think it's one of those I would be, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, I think I would be quite happy with a draw against St. Mirren because they're one of those tough-to-beat teams at times. One of those teams that have really had their number quite a lot since we came back up. So, um, a, a, a good draw. I, yeah, I mind you. there was a spell of like years where St. Mirren kept beating us at uh, the Macarena, and we kept winning away. It was like a long time that was going. That I aye, the, the Gavin I, Riley era, the aye, Gavin aye, Riley yeah. era when Gavin uh, Riley. <laughs> that, that was like you know. I mean, like now that I think we actually broke the curse by bloody getting beat uh, <laughs> at their ground. But um, uh, who knows? Like we should go in confident going over there. I think. Uh, yep. I, I think the lineup is an interesting point. I don't know what your thoughts on it, Jake. Like, I mean, I don't. I'd quite happy see Guthrie start up front, uh, even if Anderson was right up to his best. I'd like to see that front three we've been playing of Noobs, Guthrie, um, and uh, Bahambula. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> happy to see that. Um, Bahambula. Uh, but Bahambula? yeah. <laughs> uh, aye. I, I don't know, what's your thoughts? I totally agree. I think even if Anderson is fit, we need to play that again. It was so strong. And they, oh, they're just three big bullies, man. And that's uh, just, it's so good to see. And it's, it's good. And I think, yeah, I think they will they will struggle with that. And it's something that we've not maybe had when we've played them before. Obviously, last time we saw them play, uh, Soto was up front. <laughs> Uh, which literally I could have, I should have played up front because we'd have done exactly the same and had the exact as many touches and yeah it was pretty painful that game I kind of think it's going to be a shite game I've just got I feel it in my bones oh, I can't wait to sell it to the fans like I think it's going to be a one I one if, I don't even know if there'll be any goals but it'll be <laughs> yeah I think we just the way both teams play. And, uh, who knows? I don't know. I've got a feeling. I'm I'm feeling a bit neg. I need a better name. Positive Povey works, but negative Nelly. Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be quite a shite game. But um, I, I'm I feel I think the draw. I'd be buzzing with the draw. Nil nil and a shite. I think that's you go up the road happy. To be honest, which is a bit depressing. <laughs> I think uh, it's quite interesting that you say like you know about the fact that uh, with Guthrie, Bahambula, and Noobs up front. Like the fact they're like three bullies in that. Isn't it great to have three bullies up front though that can actually play football? Yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen Guthrie in the flesh yet, but Baham Bula just like the ball seems to stick to his feet. Same as Guthrie. Nubly, I mean, if if the ball sticks to Baham Bula's feet, what does the ball do to Noobs's feet? Like <laughs> It's like fucking Velcro on Nuzzi's feet. It's just, it's unbelievable watching uh, watching those two um, play. Um, and I mean, to be honest, earlier on in the season, I wasn't I wasn't convinced by Bahambula at all. But I think, as Davy has always consistently said, it takes some players that little bit of extra time. I mean, you know, again, man of the moment, Christian Montano. It takes so long sometimes for for players to adjust to the Scottish game, and I think Baham Bula is just taking him just that. It's taking him less time than um, than Montano, but um, any time I've been able to listen to the commentary, you know, on like open all mics or whatever when I've been working, um, they've been so positive about Baham Bula. 
Like he's kind of gone under the radar oh, in that front three, but he's uh, he seems to be uh, linking up well with Devlin, which is what Nubly was doing last season, linking up well with Devlin and stuff. So it's good to see that kind of start to continue. So what's your prediction? And, uh, well, uh, my prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with a a two two draw. I'm gonna stick with a two two draw and. Uh, just, just for argument's sake, I'll say that Baham Bula will score one. Love that, like that. Five two, Levy. <laughs> yeah, that's like phone down, mic drop. Showing show all of your, uh, showing all of your um, fucking faith in yeah. Shamal Georgian goals that we're going to concede two goals. Ah, uh, listen. <laughs> So did you? <laughs> <laughs> Good fucking point. Good. Oh Jesus! Is is there yeah. ever going to be an episode where I do not fucking? You know that Thomas is down the well. Well, I keep fucking falling down that fucking hole as well. <laughs> Joining them. Yep. <laughs> Five two. Godfrey hat trick. Thank you very much. Night night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our previous episodes that include interviews with Livingston legends such as David Fernandez, Barry Wilson, John Guthrie, Sean Byrne and many more. Check out our social media. Twitter and Instagram is at AlmaViewPod. Facebook and YouTube just search for Alma View Podcast, And make sure to subscribe to wherever you, get, wherever you stream your podcasts to notify about when we drop new content. Forza Livy, hope to see you all next week. 